You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hi, podcast listeners. Before we start the next episode, I wanted to invite any listeners from the Perth area to come to our upcoming live episode. On the 26th of March, we'll be recording three episodes at College House, Leaderville from 6.30pm. During the episodes, we're going to cover workers' compensation issues, assessing and managing snake and spider bites, and managing in-flight emergencies. Attendance is free, but we're asking any attendees to register by following the link on the RACGP WA events page. If you're a follower of The Good GP, we'd really appreciate you coming along and supporting us. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to The Good GP, the educational podcast for the busy GP. I'm Christina and today to help discuss PrEP prescribing for HIV in general practice, I am joined by Dr. Scott Allison from Brisbane who has a special interest in sexual health. Welcome Scott and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi Christina, thanks for having me. Now, Scott, like many of the GPs I speak with, um, you are the epitome of busyness. Uh, You work as a GP at Queen Street Medical in Brisbane, um, as well as having a cosmetic physician role in Newstead in Brisbane, and then also working at a private hospital as well. Um, You've done heaps of extra studies. Uh, You've completed your master's in public health. You're currently doing a thesis on cosmetic medicine and have presented some of your research internationally. And somehow in all of your spare time, you managed to fit in being a medical officer reservist with the army and a senior lecturer at um, one of the universities. I am not sure how you fit it all in, but I am certainly very impressed. Today, though, we are on the topic of PrEP prescribing and sexual health. So you do have an interest in this area um, and particularly around men's health and sexual health. So hoping that you can just tell us what I guess that interest is and how it came about and what work you've done in that area. Yeah, definitely. So I guess part of the interest for me is a personal one. So I identify as a gay male. So that was probably the, you know, the the first time that I became interested in in sexual health medicine. Um, And then during medical school, I was involved with one of the the rapid clinics where we were offering some of the free HIV point of care tests. And then since becoming a GP, my day to day is sexual health, men's health. So dealing a lot with, with prescribing prep. Yeah, excellent. So um, thank you then for sharing your expertise with us today. Um, Now, I'm sure that there are going to be some GPs out there that don't have a lot of experience um, with PrEP prescribing. So I just want to start off with a really basic question around what actually is PrEP? Yeah, good question. So um, PrEP is a medication called Truvada. Uh, PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. So we're using um, an antiretroviral that we use to treat HIV, um, but we're using it as a preventative measure. So um, our patients are taking the medication each day um, as a way to decrease the risk of HIV transmission. Yeah, so, and I mean, I really think this is a great topic for GPs because we tend to call ourselves specialists in preventative health. You know, that's what we do well as GPs. And I see this really as then another arm of preventative medicine. You know, we're actually helping people to stop this, to not get it rather than dealing with the consequences once they've already contracted HIV. So in our practices then, for those GPs that are listening, who should we be considering prescribing PrEP for? How do we actually find the people People that this is appropriate for? Yeah, so I, I guess the first thing is asking the question and figuring out which of your patients um, fall into the HIV risk category. 
So I guess some, some common uh, groups would be uh, men who have sex with men, transgendered patients, also heterosexual patients who may have a partner who is MSM, um, and people who inject drugs. So that would be the four, the four kind of big groups that you'd see. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so if we're thinking then, you know, in a practical sense, you know, if we're identifying people that their, you know, I guess behaviours might Mm -hmm. um, point us towards PrEP being appropriate for them, what do we need to do in terms of, you know, getting more of a history from them? What kind of background information do we need? And are there investigations that we need as a baseline before we prescribe PrEP? Yeah, so I guess going back to the you know fundamentals of taking a non-judgmental history, in particular a good sexual history, um, some clinics might take sexual orientation on on some of their intake forms, so you know already that might flag some patients. Um, but I think also when you're asking the questions and getting a sexual history, is phrase it in a way that's non-judgmental. So for example, how, how I like to ask patients who their sexual partners are 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 your sexual partners female, male, or both. And really I, simple. Really simple, and I've yet to have anyone be taken aback or offended by that. And it, and it, you'd be surprised how many people, you know, um, do identify some with what you didn't expect. Sure. Um, so I think that's the most important is to, to find out who is at risk. Obviously, um, people who inject drugs, you know, are asking that question and, and then going from there and discussing options of PrEP and yeah. following on the consultation. And so, you know, in terms of then investigations at baseline, what sort of things do you, should you be testing for at baseline? Yeah, so I guess the things that you want to know are, is the patient HIV negative? So if they're not, then they don't qualify for PrEP, but they obviously should be under the care of either yourself or a specialist in HIV. And then getting uh, doing a full STI screen, checking their baseline renal function. So the basic tests that you would do would be your hepatitis serology, so hepatitis A, B, and C, um, HIV serology, a full STI screen, and, and that will differ depending on who your patient is um, and a really good guideline or resource to look at would be the ASHM STI guidelines um, and then a renal function so GFR and a urine ACR um, and then for for women of um, childbearing age also a pregnancy test yeah okay excellent so that gives us a good idea and I guess that really um, focusing on the fact they do have to be HIV negative to be able to prescribe PrEP if they're you know, at risk then. Correct. Um, yeah. Yep. And we, we were talking a little bit actually before we started recording and you mentioned about, you know, people that might be HIV negative but have ha- had a very recent sort of exposure. For those people, you know, what? how does that, you know, differ slightly? Yeah, so I guess when you're assessing the suitability or the clinical suitability for the patient is there's three broad categories that people will fall into. One, that they're HIV negative and tested in the last seven days, one that they're HIV positive. And then there's this category where they're HIV negative, but they've had a high risk encounter in the last 72 hours. And I guess the reason that's important is because they're still within the window of opportunity for PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis. Yeah. So in that scenario, um, I'd encourage you to to seek the, the consultation from a specialist like an infectious disease, um, specialist or a HIV specialist, whether they should be on post-exposure prophylaxis. So you've got another opportunity to intervene in that process. Excellent. So there is mm. quite a bit to consider, isn't there? And quite a bit of, you know, questionings and things to tease out of that history, yeah, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. So um, I guess if we've then assessed someone at high risk for HIV, we've 
you know, gone through this initial workup, what are the practicalities then for prescribing? You know, um, you mentioned the medication that we're prescribing, but I guess how are you actually talking patients through that? Yeah, so a lot of it is educating the patient on what PrEP is and what it will um, help prevent and also on the flip side, what it won't prevent. So, you know, transmission of all of the other STIs. The day-to-day, I guess with prescription of PrEP, um, this would be a good time to talk about the two options that are available to people. And certainly in my practice, most of my patients who are on PrEP are men who have sex with men and they have two options. So they can either take um, PrEP every day as a daily continuous um, prescription or what we call on-demand dosing. And that's for people who may not um, necessarily need it quite so frequently, can anticipate that they may need it. Um, So they will take two tablets two hours before intercourse and then a tablet 24 hours later and another tablet 24 hours later. And, And that's that's it that's it and in terms of that daily then they're just taking one tablet every day yeah for as long as they're at risk correct and that, and that works really well with prep being listed on the pbs now we're able to give them a three-month supply of the medication so they run out of their script at about the time that we need to be rechecking their renal function or doing the full sti check so it's a good sort of check and balance to keep them um, linked in with you make sure that they're not having side effects uh, and ensuring the compliance with the medication and do you have any um sort of like you know of your own rules of thumb like around who you would consider daily versus intermittent dosing for like is it just something that you would talk through with that patient um you know and really come up with an individual plan for them or do you have anything in your head that's sort of you know that they i'm always going to prescribe that person you know daily or you know vice versa yeah i would say most of my patients are on daily dosing um just for ease and convenience sort of like a set and forget you you know they work it into their routine so they you know put it next to their toothbrush brush their teeth take their prep where it's good uh the on-demand dosing is good is where they might say be having sex once a month and they may not need to have the medication for the majority of that time. So I guess it's not a medication without risks. So you're minimizing the amount of exposure to it. Yeah. Okay, great. Mm. Now you mentioned Medicare (laughs) and I guess, you know, I imagine that quite a few people that would present that may be at risk and PrEP might be appropriate wouldn't necessarily have access to Medicare. You know, I'm thinking sort of tourists having fun on their holidays, you know, all that sort of thing. Is there an option for them, you know, like, because I imagine this is actually a quite an expensive medication if it wasn't Medicare subsidized. What are the options for people that maybe don't have access to Medicare um, subsidies? Yes, so it is, uh, as you're aware, on the PBS now, and it has been for a couple of years. But without a a, a Medicare number, it is still quite expensive. And like you mentioned, for people that are traveling and tourists often don't have that. So so prior to it being on the PBS, how um, a a lot of patients accessed it is through a scheme called PrEP Prep Access Now um, or PAN. And they can actually import a three-month supply of medication on a valid Australian script. And they can import that every three months. And it works out to be about 30 to $40, so roughly the, the price of PrEP. Yeah. Um, it comes from a, a reputable pharmacy generally in the States, and, and they can import it just like they would in Australia. 
Great. So a mm. real practical tip there that I think would be useful. I certainly didn't know that until we started having these discussions this evening. So thank you. No worries. Um, so prep access now, pan.org.au. Perfect. Okay, good. So um, I guess just moving on then, you know, like through that journey of prep prescribing, we've talked about that the practicalities around prescribing it what about that ongoing monitoring what sort of things do we need to be doing you mentioned about you know three monthly scripts getting them back mm-hmm. you know what what are we needing to do at those um at checkup visits so the first thing would be to do uh, a full sti check and generally that would be three monthly for most patients who are on prep so for for a, a men who have sex with men that would include blood work for bloodborne illnesses hiv syphilis uh, throat and rectal swabs for chlamydia and gonorrhea and urine PCR for chlamydia and gonorrhea as well um, checking renal function so every six months doing a, a GFR and a urine ACR um, and then just checking for things like side effects um, ensuring compliance ensuring that they're not taking other nephrotoxic medications things like that Great. So, Scott, if um, there are GPs out there that are wanting to get a bit more information about this, anything that you, you know, any website or resource that you would particularly steer them towards? Yeah, definitely the ASHAM um, resources are invaluable, uh, especially for the busy GP. There's some really good one-page flow diagrams, nice and easy to follow for prescribing prep uh, and monitoring and all all the rest of it. Um, They've also got really great guidelines just with STIs in general. Um, how, how to diagnose, how to treat, what the follow-up is. So that would be my go-to by far. Excellent. Yeah. Scott, I am so appreciative of your time today. I, As I said, I think this is a great opportunity for GPs to really make a difference to people's lives. Um, and I hope that some of the GPs out there listening to this podcast, it really gives them um, the confidence and motivation to actually start to identify um, people where this is appropriate and start prescribing and start making a difference. So thank you, Scott. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm.